Hello, everybody. Welcome into Second Shot. I'm Jenny Ann Chondo, and you know, today is going to be a Second Shot sit down where we loop everybody in on how to maybe start your own business and some of the, some of the tricks of the trade because today's guest is somebody who worked in corporate America for about 15 years and then she and her husband decided they were going to do their own thing and they have done so really really successfully so we are bringing in Danielle Serency Jones who is the co-founder and CEO of Power Hands in its first 4 years this company reached people in 81 countries and millions of youth and professional athletes. How about that? On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for having me. It's uh, exciting and interesting times, right? Uh, that, that's the truth. And you know, you, you and I have kind of connected over the last couple of years, and we, we wanted to get together and, and share your story. I'm glad that we have this platform to do this and to share kind of the background. But really, when I think about you, there, there are a lot of different second shots throughout your life that, that you have taken and, and been a part of. The one that comes to mind, first of all, is just this story of being in corporate America for more than a decade and then taking what many would say was a big old leap. So what precipitated that? What made you and your husband decide, okay, we've got this idea and, and we're going to create some power hands? You know, and, and it's funny, people ask me all the time, Danielle, how did you know that you were ready to be an entrepreneur? And I don't think you ever know. Now the word, of course, is is used and it's such a trend and people are excited to be an entrepreneur. Well, I really wasn't that excited at the time. Mm. I didn't realize that the skills that I had developed over the last 15 years in corporate, from uh, national accounts to sales to operations to marketing um, within the U.S., outside the U.S., was developing my journey as an entrepreneur. And so... I did not jump willingly. I was pushed right into this opportunity. When I was pregnant, we had just gotten married. My husband walks into the kitchen. I mean, truly that entrepreneurial story. And he starts telling me about this MacGyver-like technique for a product that he had been using with some professional athletes and youth athletes, which now is our one of our first patented products, our anti-grip weighted glove. And we realized at the time with Power Hands from a skill development standpoint that kids as well as professionals, they were using their natural athletic ability to only get so far from a performance standpoint, but we wanted to make very unique innovation to help them with speed, with, with agility, strength and conditioning, ball handling control, hand-eye coordination. And that's what we did, Jenny. And so that one vision, that one product in the basketball has now turned into 
four patents, uh, wow. trademarks, have sold in over 85 countries. Um, you know, amazing partners. We would not be where we are today without our trainers, our coaches, and other valuable partners. So it has taken an amazing team and here where we are. And it's it's so great for me to be talking about this during a pandemic that we are thriving and surviving. I know, I know that, and that's something that I want to get to in this interview too, just how, how, how to kind of thrive and survive through this. But, but I can't, like, I think about you and your, your glam lifestyle and I think, okay, she's creating this athletic, you know, glove situation. I know your husband's a, a former professional athlete, but what did you think about going into kind of like the, the sports business? Oh my gosh. So Jenny, I'm a nerd, number one. <laughs> so I'm a nerd and I'm very competitive, right? And so the career that I had and academically, uh, again, I'm a nerd. So if I could go back to school, get double PhDs, I would. I have an MBA. I have a Wharton marketing degree as well. And I, from a sports standpoint, I was a track athlete, but I was also a cheerleader. I was a you know, ballerina, et cetera. But the competition mentally was always there. So for me, sports is the perfect avenue, right? Even though I'm a woman, that's a little different walking into the boardroom as a CEO and as a woman, right? As compared to a male, even in today's time, right? We see the statistics, right? 20% of women have board seat positions. So even walking into negotiating contracts and deals, I get a look as if what is she talking about and who is she until I open up my mouth and they understand and they see the brilliance and the strategy that is associated with my mental thought process. And then I'm winning them over, of course, as, as a client and we're developing a relationship as we should. Well, but it, has been an interesting journey. Yeah, I, I think what can happen sometimes with women is, um, you know, a woman may have her, her confidence together and then they, they get into that boardroom situation and, um, and one look can detract or one comment can, can just break down a little bit and then you see women not perform to their full potential. So what is your advice for, for people who are really trying to position themselves in, in a way that you've positioned yourself in the business world to not let that detract from their growth and their ability to contribute. Yeah, so so Jenny, and that is an absolute journey. The first 16 years of my career, I had it, I lost my voice, and then I gained it back, right? And as an entrepreneur, you have no choice but to own your voice and own who you are. So the first bit of advice is you have to be you. You cannot pretend to be anyone else, whether that be a male, whether that be a uh, other, a different ethnic group, because you think that that will help you get to a boardroom table quicker or better. You have to be who you are. So now I'm very comfortable in my skin. You talk about glam. I will talk about, I've got to go to the bathroom and put on some lipstick before we start this conversation, <laughs> or I'll walk in with my heels as well as I'll walk on to the football field with my sneaks. I am who I am as a woman, and I make them love me as a woman and as Danielle and no one else. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you guys heard it. Let it let it sink in. And you know, it's funny because we just did an interview with somebody who was literally teaching us how to be yourself. And it's funny because it's almost like the lost art of uh, knowing who you are and celebrating who you are. So I like that you stand so firmly in that. 
And, and leaning into your gifts, Jenny, we were all born with special gifts. And again, if we can lean on statistics and allow that to stop us, we see the statistics that women have a very hard time with confidence at in negotiation that we uh, often don't give ourselves credit in conversations. We have to own it and lean into our natural gifts. And then that will allow us to truly bring the collective brilliance to the table to, to, to blend that right strategy. And now I'm finally understanding that and I'm getting it. Do I have moments of intimidation? Absolutely. I've got a big meeting that's coming up and I know I'm going to be <laughs> the only woman and the only African-American sitting at the table, but I'm going to lean into my brilliance and the mission. It's not about ego. It's about the mission. So once I get past Danielle and any type of insecurities that I have and I focus on the mission, I'll always win. And, that, and, that, and gosh, that correlates to so many things. Even if somebody's watching or listening, it's not, it's not a business owner that really does that life advice correlates. Um, but let's talk about people who are business owners. We know that it's a, it's about eight out of 10 small businesses that unfortunately do not make it. We're, we're in a pandemic right now. We're in a time when we're trying to, gosh, I'm trying to use this platform to, to shore up anybody who's watching and make sure that we're bringing the best of best in terms of advice. So what is your advice about de-risking your, yourself and your company during a situation like what we're dealing with now? Yeah, so, you know, um, with power hands and when we were facing the pandemic, there were certain things that we had to sit down and realize. One, we had to look at the analytics in order to de-risk ourselves. So we truly had to understand what are people buying? What are their buying behaviors? What do they need from us? And you've often heard me say they needed us to serve and not sell, and that would come along. And truly, where was the industry going? How do we stay steps ahead, right? As well as do it in a lean business model. Because at the whether your sales have increased like ours have, you don't know what is forthcoming. So you wanna make sure that one, you stay lean, Two, you evaluate your business model. And I, I talk about the fact that you don't pivot from the vision, you pivot the strategy. So you truly pivot the strategies to understand how people are buying today and again, what they need from us. And then third, you know, what we have done also is the serving. We have a Power to Give Foundation. So a lot of things that we've done, we've coupled with how can we serve you nurses that are on the front line? How can we serve you youth athletes where your parents may not have the funding to purchase products that we have today? How can we have fun contests where you're able to win certain things? Um, and last, I'll say partnerships. Oh my gosh, that is so very important. You cannot do this alone. During a pandemic, people need each other more than we think we do. And so there are others that are trying to collaborate on different strategies. I suggest you look back at your network and really decide and, and, and figure out who can you partner with to further uh, certain business objectives you have within your company. And what do you say to the person who thinks, little old me, who wants to partner with me? Because you know oh. there are people who feel that, and, and sometimes I see the, some of the greatest ideas not, not launch because of that mindset. That is so true. And what the one thing that I have to say is, you know, beside 
the word entrepreneur. It needs to be, we're just crazy. We're crazy enough to think that we can change the world. I mean, Jenny, I and my team, they get so tired of me coming up with ideas and thinking that I can go to the president of a <laughs> Fortune 100, 100 company and talk to those individuals about partnering with me on those ideas. And I truly believe that. And that's the type of mindset that you have to have is that you are doing this to change the world because this is a very lonely journey. At times, it's not fun. You're going to hear way more no's than you do uh, yes. So you have to be resilient and you have to have a mindset that says, I can break through anything because I am serving. I have an innovative product line and solution that can help and impact people. Go back to the nose. I want to hear how you handle the nose. This is a this is a skill that oh. I think the faster people can learn this skill, the faster they're going to find their success. And right now, people are needing to to find their their success journey. So when you get the no, what's the next step? Such a great question, Jenny. Oh, I literally just had a CEO of a uh, actually he's the president and general counsel of a five hundred million dollar company. And he said to me, he says, Danielle, you know what I like about you? He says, you really don't take no's well. He's like, you, we can tell you no and you keep coming back. <laughs> the no is for me only the stepping stone to the yes. So one, don't take it personal. You cannot take a no personal because that no from someone, depending upon your attitude and how you respond, that person can be your bridge to your yes. Mm. You should not only, this is so key, and this is what I did to him. I said, you know, we have ended the relationship on a no that at this time we're not able to do business together, but you know what would be so valuable for me is for me to learn from you. You guys have created an amazing business model. So I don't want the no to end with, we can't do business together. I'd like to be mentored, number one, and number two, how can I serve you? I said, you guys have done a, a great job with selling B to B, and right now you can't do that. And selling B to C, that direct to consumer interface, you can't do that. And we've done well selling via digital e-commerce. How can I serve you? So that piece is so, again, very important. Understanding what you can do for someone else, realizing that your no can be a stepping stone to your yes, and that person that's saying no to you could be that the advocate to get you there. Uh, that's so beautiful because so often the no leads to people just retreating, you know, embarrassment, shame, all the different feelings and emotions and you run the other direction. Meanwhile, Danielle's still hanging around. She's like, hey, <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's great. And hopefully people can can see sort of your example and, and, and be encouraged to, to keep going even when when they've had, you know, a no put their way. I, I want to shift before before we get to the end of our time here, because you did a really important TEDx talk that, that um, mm. is recent and so relevant. And to me, when I, when I watched it, the primary message was unity. So what, what made you think, in my spare time, let me go do a TED talk? What was so important about this and the message you had to share? 
Yeah, Jenny, and and I, um, when I was asked to do the TED Talk, I did not know that that was going to be my message, right? The focus was, oh, you should focus on power hands. You should focus on power to give. And I truly feel from the time I went to elementary school with my mother, who was one of the uh, first African-American teachers to uh, be a, a black teacher in a school after the Brown versus Board of Education. Oh, wow. I had no uh, idea. Wow. Yes, from... I went to school with basically all whites and I saw their color. I loved their color, their family, our differences, et cetera, all the way through elementary school um, to the 10th grade. And then I went to um, an all black school because I wanted to understand, learn our culture and be able to engage. Well, with that TED talk, I realized that I've been groomed for a moment where we would need to have very difficult conversations around diversity and inclusion and how we come together to bring our collective brilliance to the table to make this country better. To get out of our own silos, to get out of our own way, to get out of our own fears that are in our head and truly have the conversation as to how am I comfortable interviewing this woman that doesn't look like me, we don't have similar uh, associations or professional organizations that we're part of, and we grew up in completely different neighborhoods. How do I see her brilliance and value her? Same thing with a male. Again, across different backgrounds to truly get rid of those implicit biases, stereotypes that are in the workplace, in the boardroom, and in the community to come together to unite. So black elephant in the room. I am a black elephant, but all I want to be seen as is Danielle. At the end of the day, I want Jenny to be seen as Jenny and Danielle to be seen as Danielle. And it's the uncomfortable conversations that we must have in order for that to happen. Yeah, and, and I think for so long we were avoiding those conversations, thinking that somehow if we didn't talk about it, it would just kind of get better. And that didn't happen. Um, that didn't work. It's, it's almost like with the best of intentions, the worst thing happened um, by people not addressing those differences and celebrating it. Jenny, we had to watch George Floyd uh, for over eight minutes lose his life and his last breath in order to regain our voice and to wake up. That's unbelievable. This has been happening for centuries, right? What we're dealing with, there are lots of people that have lost their life. There are lots of people with the have and have nots. There's disparities that are in our communities within healthcare, within wage, et cetera. And it took that moment for us to witness the unjust act of those policemen where this man that was unarmed, lost his life. And I still get emotional about it because when I watched it, I thought of my son of being course. in that position. And I thought about my brother being in that position. And for me, when I look at my talk of the black elephant in the room, it covers the gamut of what we're going through in our society right now. We're woke. Right. So let's talk about everything that we need to discuss from corporations that have been involved in Black Lives Matter, where your boardroom uh, does not uh, reflect 
the fact that you have diversity and inclusion programs. Um, retailers, right, who have been involved in Black Lives Matter that ha are posting about it, where your suppliers that are on your shelves do not reflect, reflect diversity and inclusion. Communities, right? Same thing, the implicit bias that occurs. And it's both ways. We have to let go of our own fears and our own issues to come together to, to, to unite. But I'm so encouraged. Jenny, this is it's the first start. time. Oh my gosh, it is a start. We're having this conversation. You and I are having this conversation. Countries around the world, not just within the US are having this conversation. And and again, I that's the tribute that I think that we're giving to George Floyd and why we saw that video. Yeah, I'm, and when, when we talked about on the phone before this, we both kind of had this conversation of, yeah, this feels different. We've I've had these conversations in private. I've had these conversations with my husband who, who leads a very large and, and very diverse team about how, how that happens and how that all comes together and what is diversity and all these. But now, we're having these conversations on TV and no one's saying, Jenny, why are you talking about this? Um, and that's, that is very different and, um, and, it's, and it's special. And, and you know, you mentioned your son, you're not just a, a CEO and a wife, you're also a mother raising children in this world. And um, at their young and tender age, you know, ages, what, what, what is the conversation at your household and what has it been through, um, you know, George Floyd being covered in the media and, and seeing his funeral and seeing all these things. How much are you in, including your children in that discussion? Well, number one, uh, it's the education. So, you know, I have young children. I have a son that's almost four and a daughter that is Miss Entertainer, very smart, that's almost seven. <laughs> so I'm really having that conversation with her. And Jenny, I'm having that conversation with myself. Because of the Breonna Taylors, the Ahmaud Arbery's, the George Floyd's, I actually went back and had conversations with my parents to better understand the journey and my history and what they went through. And that's number one. So now I'm more educated as a black woman to understand how I am truly resting on the shoulders of my ancestors and slaves and what I need to do to make sure that they are proud. And I'm going to then instill that in my children. The second is I'm talking about love, 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 love. And our home and our relationship with our faith in God is center and so very important. As I'm praying for the world, I'm also praying for those policemen that are confused, those policemen that uh, want to target people on purpose. And as I'm praying, my daughter asked me, no, we're only praying for the good policemen. We're not praying for the bad policemen. I said, no, we're praying for, praying for everyone. Because once we solve this issue of hatred, once we solve this issue of divide, then we can truly come together. We wanna save everyone. And then the last thing is I'm having, when we, now she comes to me and she's talking about an incident and she's mentioning color. Mm -hmm. I'm really taking that moment where she's saying, oh, that person's brown or oh, that person's white. I'm really taking a moment to educate her, right? Because that's, we don't really, we've never really talked about color in the past. Well, for those that say they don't see color, that's false. We want to see color. So my conversation with her is yes, 
his complexion is brown, her complexion is caramel, their complexion may be a little uh, uh, white, that's general, but we're all so brilliant. And all of our friends should look this way. It's a collective force when you go into business every one of those different complexions come together and we solve problems. We are friends. We live in communities together, right? And so that gives me a true opportunity to help her see how diversity and inclusion will impact your life in the future. Yeah, and it's courageous of you as a mom and smart of you as a mom to have the real conversation. Even, you know, gosh, even four-year-olds, they can understand, they get it, they, you know, it, it is, it blows my mind how complex their minds are at such a little age and how much they can really soak in. So I'm glad that you're, I think you talking about the conversations you're having will hopefully be a jumping off point for other moms and other dads who, who are part of this conversation, you know, kind of as the third person, you and me and them, uh, in, in hearing how to start that conversation. Gosh, we could go on and on. I'm out of time, but I do want you to be able to give everybody your social media handles um, and your website and get, give us all the goods, both for, for your personal pages and for Power Hands. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenny, for having me. Truly enjoyed it. You can contact us at powerhandswithaz.com um, on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, as well as Danielle Serenci Jones. Uh, same thing for me, tw Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and our Power to Give Foundation as well. Uh, we are doing some amazing programs, expanding into other countries, even during this time. So I'd love for anyone to get uh, involved in that as well. Danielle, I have loved the chat. It was so wonderful to kind of hang out with you from a distance <laughs> this afternoon. I know, in, in person soon, hopefully. Thank you so much. And you guys all know you can find us at secondshotpodcast.com. Also, the Second Shot segment comes up every Thursday on CW33 on Morning After. We air it live 10 to 11 a.m. Blessings to you, and I hope that this was of value to you.